0: You're listening to Bedroom Beethoven's, where notable music makers break down stories accompanied by songs and melodies documenting growth through their 10,000-hour journey. And me? Well, my name is Cello, your host.
1: I am a Bedroom
0: Beethoven people of earth welcome to episode 114 my guest this week is yeah hello
1: everyone my name is james garden i am a uh rapper songwriter producer from lansing michigan some of the names i've uh performed with uh range from Dessa, Macklemore, Greaves, Jack Harlow. Uh, There's a lot. (laughs) But yeah, I've been around for a while and done a lot of cool things. it's closing and i know i should just pray more my bills pass due when we looking at date four and they gonna turn my phone off i wish i was balling if i can't take no phone
0: calls then i might miss my calling james garden has used his multifaceted skill set of empowering rhymes fun melodies energetic stage presence and deft fashion sense to become the most successful MC in his hometown of lansing michigan birthplace of magic johnson james aims to use his art and message to inspire all those around him to live their life fully and encounter their purpose daily god knows i could use that message right so naturally i challenge all that I want to know the root of his faith and how he uses it to inspire others and push himself. Because once you put in your 10,000 hours, as you know, you're going to need something more than just fame and money to keep you going. The cool thing is, you can never get bored to exploring someone's 10,000 hours, because every person is different. So while Garden produces hip-hop music that can be described as socially and spiritually conscious, he is more interested in finding solutions through his music, rather than generating more cynicism. Before we jump into the show, if you find yourself here, new to the podcast, welcome, and thank you for contributing to a listen. Some people are starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel with this world. People are getting vaccinated. We got a stimmy checks, but it's still hard out here for a creative, and I try to keep the show minimal of ads, but in doing so, I want to implore you, patreon.com slash Beethovens, If you feel charitable, if you enjoy the show, that's the best way to do it and lots of cool perks and access to early episodes so you don't have to wait so long for the goods visit the YouTube, the Instagram follow, like, subscribe, all that good stuff it's how you show digital support and I appreciate each and every one of you bedroombedovens.com is the website you can write into the show, you can slide me some music, I'll play it, or hey just say hi, I'm here for you alright good people, let's, uh, let's celebrate spring proper with the positive, uplifting Mr. James Garden. and I'm glad you mentioned that you're a producer cuz that's one of the reasons why you're here and it's kind of a, a new new title for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's a new yeah, it's a new title. It is. It is. I feel like I've been producing but like this is the first time I've actually produced my own stuff and actually put it out.
0: If we if we run it back to the very beginning, you were born in Germany.
1: Yes, I was. Uh, military parents, so yeah, I was born in Landstuhl, Germany.
0: See, so, yeah, I'm I'm half German. My mom's German. Military family. She's from Wiesbaden. And my dad's military, and that's why I grew up next to Fort Hood.
1: So I was in uh, Sierra Vesta, living near Fort Huachuca. And then when I got around 10, we moved to Michigan.
0: Oh, uh, see, so yeah. 10 is where the big changes happen, not only moving to Michigan, but musically, too, because I heard you were involved in the, the violin test. Ah, oh, yeah. You did research. Yeah. I hate
1: that violin test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah ten and when I was around when
1: I was ten in the fifth grade, they did this test. It was a written test, which is weird to see if like it was an aptitude test to see if you were musically inclined and I didn't pass, so I was
0: upset that I didn't get to learn to play the violin. It shows how much they know right right I was like <laughs> golly well let's let's start with something uh less painful. Let's start with Michigan was it a was that a hand to glove situation? Did you feel right at home immediately? when I first moved to Michigan,
1: like anyone who moves from a warmer place to a colder place i was like wait what is this <laughs> why is it getting this cold um i'm not enjoying it but aside from like the weather yeah i think it was a good fit one because my mom's family was originally from michigan uh most of them live in flint uh my dad's family's from michigan as well so we had a lot of family here so that helped the transition uh go along pretty
0: smoothly the birthplace of steven seagal oh uh, yes it is <laughs> not a lot of people know that he's not going around putting Lansing on his back so it falls on you
1: i guess so i have to uh carry the
0: mantle Uh, even magic johnson i haven't heard him talk about Lansing one time come on
1: i know and he went to uh so i graduated from a high school called sexton but he went to the rival high school everett and it's like they talk about him all the time um i know he like opened some theaters down here but he he comes down here sometimes too because his family still lives here, but he doesn't talk about it. Yeah,
0: either. I have a lot of Michigan people on the podcast who who love the cities that they reside in, but they do highlight crime. But the low crime rate and thriving retirement age communities in East Lansing makes it one of the top safest cities to retire in the country, and I think that's pretty that's, remarkable.
1: I didn't even know that. That's good to know. <laughs> I probably should know about a crime rate. Well, I,
0: I always feel like it, it gets a bad rep out there, and, and I mean, come on. Like – people who come from there they're proud oh for sure a reason and around the same time there was another school assignment which was writing a rap <laughs> our school had this contest and they're
1: like you're gonna write a drug-free rap and mind you this is like uh let me do quick this is like 94 95 right so it's early 90s so i get like me and six of my friends and we're trying to like beatbox and break dance while we're rapping and doing a lot of like theatrics and then um I submitted it, and then the person who won, like her dad, was a rapper, so it was like super well produced. I had never been in a studio, so I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. Uh, I felt a little slighted, but the 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 verse wasn't good, so um, I think it's okay that I didn't win. Now, when I look back
0: at it, and where's that girl with the producer? producer dad she's nowhere she works at office depot and james garden is taking the world by storm. So there you go
1: unless she's actually famous and i just don't remember her name that would be hilarious <laughs> like oh my i'm a fan of her stuff but yeah i don't i don't think she did anything after that
0: so you, you start to get interested in music you fail a violin test which you know and let's be yeah. clear you have to take a test and play the instrument in a systematic way that pleases the instructor of said school and we all know there's no rules to learning playing and loving sure. music, but you had to do it a certain way, and it wasn't working. It wasn't until
1: middle school, like when I had a uh, a big brother from Big Brothers Big Sisters, that like I started playing an instrument because he taught me guitar. But I, but after that moment, I never like asked my parents like, "Can I do these lessons?" Um, I think at that point, I just decided that maybe the test was correct, um, and I wasn't wired to play an instrument.
0: But then middle school happens, and your worldview of music kind of opens up, and you're you're listening to you know kirk franklin and Donnie hathaway and a little bit of the dark side you know it's been well documented that robert johnson sold his soul to the devil in order to acquire <laughs> the skills and abilities of a blues player are you familiar with that yes 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 i am
1: i am very familiar with that robert johnson is considered one of the greatest blues artists of all time it's the template for what became rock and roll I believe Robert Johnson was extremely talented, extremely gifted, and way off balance. Something's spinning strangely in that man's life. Robert was a novice guitar player, not very good. This man was a nobody, and then he disappears. A year and a half later, he's doing things with the guitar that even his mentors can't do not to get too deep into theology but i think it's impossible to sell your soul to the devil because the devil doesn't have that much power i think we just add that narrative which nothing in any like any sacred text actually gives him that much dominion over actual souls
0: how could robert possibly have gotten that good that fast i don't
1: really believe that you can sell your soul to the devil
0: I'm so glad you said that because I agree. And I want to clue people in. For for those that don't know, you can go down, even today in northwestern Mississippi, if you find yourself in Greenwood, you're gonna be led around town by a man named Sylvester Hoover, who owns a grocery store, and he's been putting together a blues tour consisting of firsthand knowledge of that old bluesman who lived and worked around in that area. And Hoover's father was a personal friend to David Edwards, who lived in Greenwood for a time, and it was with johnson in greenwood when johnson was poisoned so this is where the first-hand information comes into question yeah hoover told me because i took that tour the honey boy edwards told him over a few beers that he remembers the night robert johnson quote unquote sold his soul uh he was on a porch in town some some time around I, I guess noon in the middle of the day and across the street was a shack that johnson had been living in for some time he saw robert johnson come out in his best pinstripe suit complete with a red tie and hat carrying his guitar and he jokingly called out to him and asked him like where the hell do you do you, do you think you're going looking so good and Johnson looked him in the eyes and said I'm going to meet the devil and Hoover said that Edwards remembered not thinking a thing about it but it, and it wasn't for several hours later when the sun went down that Johnson came back And he said that his hair was standing up on end and his eyes were wild. And he pulled out the guitar and started playing like he never had. And what I think is interesting is the church community in town, uh, which was called Little Zion. uh, In fact, it was in the movie The Help, if you remember that movie a few years ago. They wouldn't speak his name. They kept their children away from him. And, you know, this is something that happened 90 years ago. And... You know, it's amazing to see people that who really believed that this happened. But I agree with you. Why would you why wouldn't you go to God for gifts? Why would you go yeah. to the devil to get a gift? And
1: never got it's, that. Yeah, it's a it's a backwards concept.
0: Um but the man could play.
1: The man could definitely Interesting, play.
0: Interesting <laughs> Yeah. Can't get the on birth and rough. Well, let, let's say uh, Chi Town Boogie gets on a playlist. You know, the idea formed in your head, you're in your bedroom, you craft a song, you make the song, it takes off, and still you won't take credit. You're just a vessel, and God is the genius behind the success. So if you create, release, the outcome hinges on the success or failure that you think God wants you to have. Is that an accurate statement to make?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Because, I mean, the success that Chi Boogie had, I, have no idea why or how it did what it did um that wasn't anything strategic i just wrote a record that i felt and allowed
0: it to do what it was supposed to do isn't that a disadvantage though because when you have someone like justin bieber who can make a song called holy (laughs) it gets 375 million streams oh lord 133 million views on youtube and little of that has to do with god but instead it's because of justin bieber's past success that allows him to go on saturday night live the people's choice awards oh chance the rapper can get on it billboard names it the best song oh uh there's well-known actors in the video eight people wrote it five people produced it lawyers labels pay streaming services to get it on playlists his wife Haley bieber who has 33 million instagram followers can make a post about it to promote it i mean would it be fair to say that if justin bieber just relied on faith each time he released a song it wouldn't be as effective you know what i mean
1: I mean, but one could argue maybe it's God that ordained um, all of those things that he's afforded to, right, to have the team of writers. I mean, like, I think, like, I can do my best to, like, do what I, like, try to give it the best chance to be successful and, like, to perform it in excellence. But at the end of the day, I don't, like, none of us really control it, right? Even though he did all that, his hard drive could have crashed before they delivered everything, and then we would have never had that song. So I don't, I don't know. I I think like I don't know. I don't think about it as fair or unfair. Like I think what's for me is for me. Um what's for Biebs is for Beebs. That's interesting you know? because you
0: could be making a song that you love and you know people will love, but you can't you can't gauge its barometer of success. You know, did did parade it, per- perform the way you hoped it would when it came out?
1: Uh when it came out? No. Uh it was weird like the numbers weren't that good when it first came out and then like a couple months later it took a upswing. But like what's weird is like cuz I feel I feel more and more when I look at it like I can't I can look at like streams as like maybe a KPI to see if like we're making stuff that's that's sticky and people actually like but I I don't think I can use it for a, uh for it to dictate an actual success of a record Outside of like how much money it makes. Like, so I think like I look at it in two ways. Like there's a the business aspect that it's like, yeah, I wanted to make money because I like to eat food, um, and have a home, but a record can be successful in different ways that like it has an impact. And so like, I think it reached the impact. Did it do everything I wanted it to do? Not at all, but I also don't think the record's dead. A year after the record came out, granted, it didn't happen, but like I got approached about possibly getting it placed in a documentary that was supposed to come out before the super bowl the issue is i don't think they ever dropped a documentary so it didn't get placed but still like like you can still have legs and still have life and still have more opportunities so i don't know i don't put an expiration date on any records anymore
0: so your evolution as james garden from let's just say your motivations from filthy they grew with more purpose than just wanting fame but i always thought if you want fame you can encourage and educate on a greater scale. So, why did your method serve you?
1: I remember when I met you. You are on way to class. You were still in school. I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, your outfit is so cool."
0: You know, your your latest single is "Go stream my song." So you may not want the fame, but you want enough clicks so you can eat and live. Nah, yeah, I th- I think it's I think it's it's like because I definitely
1: agree. Like bigger platform, you reach more people. But I also think like. Oh my I forget their name. There's someone I, I follow on social media and they were talking about like when we look at followings, like we need to actually connect with people and stop collecting people. I bet he had I cough, show a love my commitment. I can't say I fall, but I've been on the benches and I give you my all, Girl, I can't stop grinning. And I think there's like we Sometimes we look at fame as solely like having the most eyes on us, but then sometimes like those connections aren't that deep. So for me, I think it's not that like, I don't necessarily want a bigger platform. I'm just willing to play the long game. She can make a black boy blush. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So like, I may not get the platform quickly, but I'm building it up as I go along and just being patient with it. And, I mean, if I'm not meant to be famous, I'm I'm not meant to be. But uh, I know for sure that the art I've put out has impacted people's lives. And I feel like that's part of my purpose and what I've been put on earth to do.
0: So what yardstick do you use to measure your self-worth? Do I love the person I am
1: um, and the, like? how I live as myself with the relationships I have with my family and friends? Do I feel like I do things that help my community? And do I feel like, that's why I love teaching, So because it's also like, do I feel like the the gifts I have, I'm able to pass on to other people um, and encourage other people to find their path and live it? And that's, that's really where my self-worth comes from.
0: Is this kind of why, so this is like before you were 18, but some of the recordings as your moniker, Filthy, they're on a hard drive. They're at the bottom of a closet. They're under a bed or completely destroyed. Like, you don't want people to... <laughs> Maybe that, that kind of music didn't serve you and your purpose.
1: I feel like like a lot of younger people that I've seen and, and watched navigate music, when I first started making music, it was really emulating what I heard um, and trying to sort of posture myself as being something larger than life. And if I'm honest, I was lying a bunch of records. Like I was rapping about beating people up and taking their girlfriends. And I wasn't doing either one of those. And so like, I think like I was trying to like create a persona and it was very much performative, but it yeah, it wasn't aligned with my purpose.
0: So you're in an industry where if you are a rapper and you're not authentic, you I mean, you still need ghostwriters, you need producers, you need engineers, you need publicists. The, the list goes on and on. But when you find out that maybe most people don't actually want to help you and you're forced to surround yourself to rely on other people for your success, that can break you. That can create a stressful environment. I, it definitely
1: can. I think. I've always been the type of person, I think even when I was a kid, I was the type that like, if no one would help me, I would just figure it out myself. So a lot of things I've just been like, oh, no one wants to help me. Okay, let me read a bunch of books and watch a bunch of videos and try to figure it out myself. So I don't know, for me, I'm just like, if you don't want to help, I'm going to, I'm not going to allow that to stop me. I'm going to figure out a way to work around you if you're not going to open up a door.
0: Yeah, I like like your way of thinking because I get the... I always get the fortune cookie method of self-worth and it's all about accepting yourself with or without the accomplishments. But if I look at, you know, Billy Eilish, who's 19 and crushing the Grammys, you know, album sales and all that at 19 to achieve that level of success. Don't you think that she ties her career with her self-worth? If her next album comes out and flops, I think depression would be around the corner and the weekend got snubbed from the Grammys and threw a fit. And he's not going to consider any Grammy consideration moving forward. So maybe in order to achieve a level of success, you have to be an absolute savage about it. You have to grind twenty three hours a day to the point where you lose yourself or your art, just short of growing out your fingernails or peeing in jars or something. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know, but I like. I guess for me, then it's like if you lose yourself, like, are you actually happy? Like, I don't. I don't know. I want, like, I want success, but I also want a life that's like has peace. <laughs> like, like I think there's value in that. Like, I I feel like once you are so like, so like once your worth is so connected to like how you perform, like that, none of that is, you can't predict any of that. Like you can try your best to predict it, but you cannot 100% predict it. Um, and it's just, I don't know, that just feels too flimsy to attach my words. So you,
0: you mentioned you you speak to people. I think you smoke at at elementary school right before the pandemic hit and you, Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, you volunteer at your church, you, you talk to youth at hip hop academies, what What is the golden rule? What do you try to instill in people? So one, if I'm giving advice, it's like, look, I'm just telling you what worked for me. I
1: never tell anyone that like, I want them to do everything exactly how I do it, but I'm all about like, I want anyone I speak to, I just want them to learn and get more comfortable with like having their own voice, their own agency and being willing to just investigate their own purpose. And not because I feel like a lot of times when you're young, it's a lot of old people trying to mold you to who they think you should be. And I like to sort of open this option, like, nah, you can decide who you want to be. You just have to investigate it. I'll I'll help you and maybe show you different ways to like figure it out. But I'm not gonna tell you who you're supposed to be. You can tell by my everyday fits, I ain't rich. I'm trying to get a dollar out of 50 trying to gain a name. I just want to keep my soul before I finish the game. Yeah, that's kind of my approach whenever I'm speaking or even whenever I'm teaching cuz like yeah, with the Hip Hop Academy, I teach like we teach production. Um we also teach like songwriting and for me it's like I don't want you to become another James Garden like that's not the goal. I'm going to give you tools and tips to understand how to use either the software or understand like the structure of different songs. But like at the end of the day, like I want you to use this. Use these rules, break these rules to so then find your own voice and,
0: and then speak that loudly. I think it's important for, for people to see value of their gift before it's validated by outside sources. So I, I like that you're kind of going in and telling them that. I, I, in fact, I'm watching American Idol right now and during the tryouts they'll audition and they're like obviously amazing their voices are great but then when the judges are like oh you're going to hollywood they jump up and down and they're flabbergasted probably because they've been waiting for outside validation in fact i bet only one percent of people that audition for that show see intrinsic value in their gifts, just singing in the room every day so i think telling kids about that is muy importante
1: not yet because it's wild like it exactly what you're saying like makes me think about every time i've watched american idol and i hear someone sing and yeah when they're surprised i'm like not that like you need to be like super cocky but
0: it, yeah like yeah give me that ticket but it's like <laughs> but it's like
1: you also should know if you're good at what you do and it's okay to like to verbalize that and acknowledge it like i'm really good at what i do because you have probably put hours in working on it And learning how to do it and so yeah i think that is weird that they'll be like oh my gosh and it's like wait you didn't know (laughs) like that you were gonna
0: go i feel like i feel like you should be way bigger than you are so i asked myself i think every person who takes 10 seconds out of their day to listen to james garden will become a james garden fan i'm certain of it
1: usually like i one i appreciate um uh that you view that i should be like at a higher level and i think i could be as much as some of that might be out of my control, I also understand in some areas and in some moments, in some seasons, I've been lazy. That's why I'm not where I actually need to be. So I don't know. For me, I take, I take some of the onus that it's like, some of it is like, I probably could have, uh, the record probably could have been, I probably could have like waited longer to put it out and did a better plan on rolling it out. I could have, there's a lot of things I could, I could do better on social media. I don't really love it. But I probably could plan it out more and like be more um, strategic, or pay someone else to do it. So some of the things that's like I know there's things about me that are imperfect, and that's what's halting that that trajectory. Uh,
0: I don't know. You're only human, man, and I know you've that's heard true. people who've you, you've heard people who've released less projects, who've worked less, released fewer songs, and have traveled to fewer cities, and listened to the radio and hear a bunch of music that's not of the highest quality, and they have more success. And you're only human, so. It could it can be mind-numbing, it could make you jaded, or it could drive you to do more. But that's true. There's obviously something there is that's keeping you going every day.
1: I think I I almost have like acknowledged the responsibility to continue to give art to people who already appreciate it. So for me, it's like if someone's like, Yeah, this record really spoke to me, or that record like helped me through a really hard time, it's like then if I know it's doing that for other people and I already know that like when I create records, it does that for me. It's like I have to continue to create it one because it's it's helpful for my just my journey in life, but two, it's like I need to share it because if I don't share it uh and no one else is making anything like it, those people aren't gonna get records that that help them.
0: naming go stream my album that that comes from a place of positivity. I don't want it to sound like you're frustrated, like okay, I'm not gonna hint at it anymore. The music is good, go stream it, go. you know what I mean. It's it's kind of like when System of a Down named their album "Steal This Album," but it was because they knew piracy was at its height, so you were going to do what you wanted to do anyway. But with your title, you're requesting that someone does something that benefits you. It's an ask, so it's still kind of an uphill climb.
1: Yeah, and and it's funny because I was talking to a couple friends and like my my whole idea behind that too is that like as I look at streaming and how it runs off an algorithm, and the more you put out, the more it sort of like engages with the algorithm. I was like in a sense, like streaming is social media. And so I'm like, all right, so if you have to do constant content, but you want to create content that redirects people to something else, I was like, I'm just going to drop this song. It it could have been on the album. It just, I didn't feel like it totally fit, but I was like, I'm going to call it, go stream my album. So then if you listen to it, it's going to like, wait, oh, so I need to go stream your album. Just because like, it it sucks that They're like the attention. It's not even just the attention. There's so much music, which is actually a good thing, but things get lost. But in the same way that in a feed, things get lost. So it's like, how can I redirect you to sit with this album? Um, Because I feel like a lot of people need it. I was like, I'm going to call this single, go stream my album. So if you joined a single, you'll go stream the album. Um, So it's an ask, definitely. Um, But I think it's because I'm just like trying to adapt to how I think streaming is sort of. Uh, interacting and acting with listeners. Long time coming Had a monkey on my back Depression made it hard for me to get funky on a track And my mind wasn't comfy In fact, I was plotting to quit Like how I keep dropping these hits And I'm not on your list Searching for validation from the accredited Y'all all asleep Y'all must have considered it did. Y'all say it's live And don't realize how dead it is Your whole opinion Man, it's not relative That's positive and negative How you gonna rate my heart? How you gonna be rape my art? You know how many nights I spent alone in the zone. Hit my homie on the phone, wrestling with his thoughts up in my dome. Just for anyone who had a dream and thought of giving
0: up. Understand you live for you, you don't live for us. Well, like you said, though, you said that the, the bigger the vision, the, the more that they'll ignore you. And Kay Trinata, a black man, just won Best Electronic Album in a year where nobody danced and nobody black has won that album. So that, did, that's, a, that's a big vision, right?
1: Yeah, and that album's amazing, too. I love Kate Trinata.
0: Well, I probably wrote this while crying. You pulled double duty behind the mic and the boards with this debut album as both producer and artist. So I just want to say congrats on that. But it must have been uh, kind of scary finally putting on the producer hat. Maybe you, you feel a little vulnerable. Oh,
1: definitely. So it's it's funny because like for me, one I've been like I've been um, blessed to like work with a lot of really really good producers, and so I think at first. It was getting out of my head of like, yo, you're producing. You're not gonna sound. You're not gonna sound like Taram. You're not gonna sound like they call me Heat. You're not gonna sound like SB, and you're not supposed to. And so for me, like, I was, I think, like in my head, I was like, is it good enough? Maybe it's not good enough. But I was like, I, I think what I landed on was like, if I do this, one, it'll be one of the most honest records because like I'm involved in all parts. Um, but the other thing was that um, while I'm teaching uh, like uh, production and songwriting, I've had a lot of interactions with students, and they would always, as they're trying to figure out their way, like when they don't feel like they've had that outside validation, whether it be placements or a big record, they're like, yeah, I'm not a real producer. And I used to joke around and be like, yeah, you know, I'm a fake producer, I'm a part time producer. And so what I realized is like, if I produce a record, then I have to fully walk in. And name it that I'm a producer. So then, if like, if I tell my students like, no, you are a producer, they can't call BS because I'm not acknowledging myself as a producer. So I think like it was something that I had to prove to myself that I could do, um, and to fully walk into that that title. So I think I feel vulnerable in it, but I feel empowered uh, because I did, I did it and actually finished it.
0: Well, I'm gonna give you a minute to tell the people where they can find this because it seems like you've you set out. To prove it, you set a goal, you accomplished it. I listened to it. It sounds great. I appreciate it. Now that. I just need to get the word out.
1: Yeah. I mean, I probably wrote this while crying. Is um it's on all streaming platforms, your Spotify title, Apple Music, uh, YouTube music. It's also on Bandcamp. We may be doing physical CDs and I'm gonna see if we can make vinyl happen. But it's out now. All I ask is like listen to it, sit with it. If you want, journal while you're listening. And uh yeah, I think it's it's honestly, it feels like a my like journey through this whole pandemic um so i hope it helps people to process what we've went through because this year i mean what we're still going through but like i don't think a lot of people have slowed down to really like think about how it's affected them and then once you realize that then you can start to heal and and come out better on the other side
0: yes and i pro i probably wrote this while crying it does kind of sound like the uh the memoirs of Drake so it's a good title
1: <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate that
0: uh, James, it's been a pleasure, bro. And Definitely. and Twitter, can you can you please stay off my man? Can you let him promote his music, please?
1: Doug, I just want my account back. I got to use this burner account. It's weird.
0: <laughs> so uh, James Garden underscore, we're we're gonna get yeah. you your username back, man.
1: Man, I want the profile back, but I, they just haven't responded back. It's
0: annoying. I'll use everything in my little podcast power to advocate for it.
1: Hey, I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> I appreciate you being here, man. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.